start introducing yourself. Or are we recording? Yeah. Matt Zenilato, 27 years old, college football coach. You're like introducing yourself like a football coach. Well, it's, it's like it's, it's your introduction. Photo, your it's introduction that you give screen. in front of like recruits. Matt Zenilato, age 27, height. 6'4", you know, 200 something pounds. As if that matters. Yeah, right? No. Um, it kind of does in college sports settings yeah. now. Well, I'm used to introducing myself in front of a room full of recruits. So yeah, yeah. I'm a wide receivers coach at a Division two college. You're like strictly mission. facts, no emotion. Let's get this over with. No, we, we me and my offensive line coach will crack jokes because it's always awkward introducing yourself to a bunch of recruits. And when you're in a room full of high school recruits, they're 18 years old with their parents in a room full of a whole bunch of other recruits they don't really know. Yeah. So they're all typically awkward. You want to know how my recruiting went for D1 well, soccer? I went to a shit ton of D1 schools. Every single one of my coaches, except for the Duke coach, every other one said, you can play here as much as you want, but you are way too smart to go here. <laughs> Which was GPA? nice, honestly. Well, at least like they, they gave it 100. Oh, yeah. It actually made me more respectful of the programs, too, because I was like, you actually are investing in your college athletes. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll get down to my, we'll talk to my recruiting process later, but I have a similar story like that. But yeah, now I've been coaching college football for about five years now. This, this current seat, this current school year is my fifth year. If you can kind of count that during COVID because it was a weird year in total, but mm-hmm. coaching for five years now, living out in Michigan, it was a interesting path to get out to coaching out in Michigan only because, you know, being originally from Virginia and then going to school at Penn State, typically college coaches, you start your career where you're from or where you played because you have ties to that area in terms of high schools and coaches know who you are, etc. But, you know, I just had a random kind of worked out for the best in terms of I just got a random gig out. Because you're Michigan. from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yep, from Fairfax. Even though my family moved around a bunch when we were growing up. We lived in Fairfax, Virginia since I was about sixth grade. And Fairfax, to put in perspective for anyone listening, is very different from the rural Maryland area I grew up in. So mine is poor farming. Fairfax is white suburban. Exactly. Very, everybody works in the federal government. What's funny about it is that you being from Maryland, people don't associate Maryland and farming as much. Yeah. And it's one of the funny things I dealt with in college and in living in Michigan. People assume when I say I'm from Virginia, they think I grew up on a farm. In Fairfax County, I explained to people, it was like... I wonder if that's because of UVA, though, because it's in Charlottesville. And it's, like, in the middle. I think the majority of Virginia is farmland. It's just the fact that Fairfax... I mean, I take my horses there all the time. The the best way I compare Fairfax people is... Think of, like, like the city of Detroit is a major American city. Has a population of 1.2 or 1.6 million people. Mm -hmm. Fairfax County alone, as a county, not a city, just a county, is 1.4 million people in just a county. Fairfax is huge. So Fairfax is basically, a, is a, has the population numbers of a major American city, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe New York and LA. Did you but, grow up here your whole life? No, we were born in, me and my brother were born in Indiana. My parents met at Purdue, and we were living in Indiana until we were about six. Then my mom got a scholarship to get her MBA at U of M, Michigan University. Lived there for two years. We are supposed to move back to Indiana, but then my mom got an offer on Wall Street. Got a job on Wall Street working for Bear Stearns. Lived there for two years. And then my mom kind of saw how corrupt 
that company was and just how mm-hmm. bad that company was, which is kind of funny in the sense that she left that company to go to their sister company, Fannie Mae in Virginia. However, Bear Stearns was the one company on Wall Street that went under during the 08 financial crisis. So okay. During the mortgage. When did you guys move to Virginia? Oh, let's think. I was in sixth grade. So that's about roughly 16, 17 years ago. So you're talking about 2003, 2004. Okay, yeah, so, so you missed 9-11 here. Yeah, 9-11, we were in the transition Yeah, we were to in New York to... third grade. I was in third grade, so you would have been in it. Were you in Indiana for that? We were in Michigan, I believe. We were in Michigan, and then we moved... What was it like to experience it outside of the county and then to come move here and understand just how almost more serious it's taken? Um, I'd say... It was so much government, people around. Like, 9-11 was a huge thing. But I think one of the more interesting stories I have regarding 9-11 with the Pentagon was in high school, I had a physics teacher. And he was just a very, he was a down-to-earth guy, really nice, really friendly. And he was doing an experiment or an ex- uh, kind of a study or whatever and was blowing mm-hmm. a balloon for a presentation. And he had to stop, like, a third of the way and then wait a minute and then blow up another third, wait a minute. Because he... Oh, and we, he and, was being and we asked monitored him, for the environmental effects, probably. Wasn't, no, it wasn't that. We asked him, we're like, why is it taking so long? He's like, well, I lost half of my lawn or I lost one yeah. of my lawns because he was in the Pentagon when the mm-hmm. plane struck. But he said it as if he was like, yeah, I'm going to Subway to have lunch. Like, he said it so plain, candidly, like it was no big deal. And I'm sitting there like, are we just going to breeze over this? Like, this is insane. But I was, this is my senior year in high school when, or junior year in high school when everyone else mm-hmm. probably have already gone through it and I guess being an outsider not being in New York or DC when yeah. 9 hit it was just weird to see someone so personal where if I lived in Fairfax when it happened it would have been I would have known several people that had parents working in the Pentagon yeah my dad was working in it when it hit and I had actually slept over the Pentagon a few he smuggled me in yeah which is not not cool to say but uh, most of our protocol in government is a result of things that have happened that we had to then change so before people could just walk up basically onto airplanes and stuff. Of, yeah. of course, that was going to be a security measure. It's also why we don't fix things until there's a reason though, because with coronavirus, you couldn't see it. So until we had a different mass casualty event every day that surpassed the death toll for 9-11, but you know, Florida and Texas and half of my fucking friends from grad school just did not seem to care. No, harm And yeah. continue to, you know, be traveling to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, to be posting pictures but, on a boat, on a boat yes, or going to. But, but a perfect I, example is I remember me and my brother walk and Natalie walking my mom all the way to the gate of yeah, her flight because that was used that to be the thing. Normal. You used to be able to just go through security with your security, you're fine. It's you like walk on somewhere. Friends when they when like Ross yeah, and Rachel chases Rachel like all the way to chase. the gate. No, the, the picture that I meant to point out to you upstairs is me and Joe have a picture when we visited my mom in New York when she was still studying, you know, doing her last semester of her um Mm -hmm. mba and me and my brother have a picture of the twin towers behind us yeah and it was like legitimately three months before it happened so my other family half of my family's from new york that's where my dad's from and Mm -hmm. my mom's from here in dc so my other side of my entire paternal side of my family is from new york and my dad or my dad's brother walked his kids through the Two towers to like take them to school because my grandpa was a New York City police officer for 27 years. Did not know that. Yes. And so it's like the seriousness of how people just are kind of passive about it. 
we don't really talk about traumatic things in a way that I think allows actual healing and coping and people in DC constantly deal, deal with trauma. Like when I had my friend Molly on as like my first interview and we were talking about before we were even out of high school, we had anthrax attacks, the DC sniper, 9 yeah, 11. That's that, that, just that, the norm that, exactly. for growing up like, here. I had no, that was part of the farm. Everyone's scene. connected to politics so heavily. Like, my yeah. dad does counterterrorism and designed nuclear weaponry. He's a piece of shit narcissist. Like, our aunt works the DOD and has a clearance that we yeah. don't know exactly what she does. And she's, I watched she's a Breaking Bad right for the first time and I was like, oh. Yeah, Walter White is my father. <laughs> yeah, and living in Michigan as long as I have now, and I guess in college, college is different because you're in such an echo chamber of 20, 18 to 22 year olds, yeah. so people people not really talk politics, but it's different. I didn't realize how abnormal it was until I went to college. Exactly, and, and realize how I'm political like, your upbringing oh, was. Oh, okay. The average person doesn't... Mm-hmm have to think about this no, at every, exa- every given the, moment a perfect example this I, is ptsd is, and not normal you know, life <laughs> my little sister anna sophia is 13 and she was telling us in our family group chat that during the first presidential debate debate between biden and trump like her eighth grade group chat with all these kids in her grade they were talking about the debate like they weren't mm-hmm. discussing it but they were throwing out random comments nowhere else in the country are eighth graders even remotely concerned or discussing the debate or watching the debate or talking about it it's we- very it's, we're in a very different subgroup of the country in terms of how hyperpolitical yeah. our upbringing is because so, of so many politics. I went around. to school here also from, uh, I went to a Christian school, then switched to public school and elementary school and went to middle school, high school in this area right outside DC that's historically preserved. The, <laughs> the way our history is taught is so ethnocentrically why are we even taught about Thanksgiving, first of all, mm-hmm. at this point? from uh, Now that I have the epidemiology background, I just do not understand why we have, why we continue to address like Christopher Columbus. As if it was a good thing. Or, or as if... just why our school system in the fiscal year in general is built around Christian holidays solely. Mm-hmm. First off, let's just have a lot of holidays. Well, like just we can have some more days off. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. Maybe we can just have some more time to enjoy. Does it really matter if you don't file those papers by a certain time? Probably not. No. In reality. But no, like one thing during COVID and during quarantine and during George Floyd and all the civil rights, you know, everything. It's when they talk about Juneteenth and they talk about the Tulsa was it Tulsa, Oklahoma, correct? The riot, the riots. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing someone post on social media being like, who like, who here was actually taught that in school? But Not all, me. But all the other things you learn. I are... sit there and learn everything about the Civil War constantly because all of my, like, our land yeah. was farmed. In, 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 in the middle of it, so. exactly. And that's the things that our country prioritizes. And Well, there was an interesting article talking about the two companies or the one company that owns, that produces all the textbooks. And how they've kind of guided or paved the way in terms of what is taught in each school and what isn't. And how certain, what mean, certain topics are not Looking at Bio 101, Watson and Crick were not the ones who came up with DNA. Mm-hmm. There was a black woman who was their research assistant. And, you know, as somebody who has been a lot of people, and especially a lot of important people in, in like, medicines, bitch research assistant. Mm-hmm. Do I sit there and say, was that my idea? No. So it's kind of hard to sit there and be like, well, was 
Miss Franklin, was she actually the one who came up with it or did she just run the experiments? Because those are two different things in medicine. Kind of weird to talk about because I helped chemically synthesize this advanced stage prostate cancer inhibitor. Mm. I did the bio and chemical lab work. So like I was making the actual thing and then running it through the machines and stuff. Did I really know what I was doing though? Like, did I fully comprehend it? Yeah. Or do you have that intention of doing this while you're doing it? Yeah, I was following the lead from somebody else. So while I was doing the physical lab work for it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't my intellect. Now, are you saying this because that research assistant, you don't know, are you trying, are you saying that she- I'm just saying as we re-examine history Mm -hmm. and the way things are framed, we have to understand the context of those industries. And I don't fully understand the context of these industries. You know, if it's something like, was this person in charge of the lab or was it their idea that a lot of other people are carrying out? It's just mm-hmm. going to be hard to break down in science because it's harder to distinguish intellectual property in science yeah. versus IP, like trademarking. I don't know any of that shit. No. But, to me, it's all just like But still, it's, it's the fact that in the history books and what kids are taught, and they never even mention her, even though she could add to just as much contribution as the two main, yeah. two main individuals. And... But you talk about referencing, historically referencing how things are painted. It's it's one of my favorite jokes, not jokes, but what people will say, when, you know, the whole make America great again. And, well, what year exactly was America great? What time and frame were you really referencing mm-hmm. when it was great? And then someone, you know, someone might say the 17 or 18. It's like, well, back when we had slaves. And it's like, oh, well, no, like 1950s. Oh, when we were like, just coming out of war and all these terrible, you know, before civil rights, before women, all this kind of stuff. It's interesting to see... When you push people, it's like, when exactly was America great? And what are you referencing? What time period would you like to go back to? Because See, this is also hard because I'm from such a heavy military family that, mm. I mean, I was basically raised on like a bubble on our family farm. And the way my childhood was framed was exactly the way our education was. And now when I am distancing myself from my family more or sitting there and being like, yeah, retrospectively looking our back uncle on your... is, my uncle is an alcoholic. <laughs> when my brother was bailing hay at 630 in the morning and took a swig from the water bottle and it was Jack and Coke, hmm. that was a pretty good indication that he always had that water bottle and guess what? It was never water. <laughs> but they get frustrated I think because then they take it as almost a negative to themselves and it's just something that I want to be able to acknowledge openly Mm -hmm. and not excuse and And they take it and like there's this guilt or something or they feel like it's a negative reflection of them and I just think it's because of the military way of not talking about not question not question not questioning yeah the hierarchy not quite that's what the entire military is based on the fact that you can't question hierarchy you have to when someone above you sends an order, you follow out. There's no time for questioning because that's how people die. And that's, you know, the military is such a different framework of processing information and questioning authority and oh. questioning orders. It's It can't function with in that realm. But it's one of those things where you look back, you know, people would say hindsight's twenty twenty, but looking back on your family, it's like just having self-reflection and being mature enough to look back on things doesn't mean that, that we're telling you that you were wrong, but we're saying like there's always ways to improve. Just recognizing yeah. something that is not okay doesn't mean I'm saying that you were a terrible person for allowing it to happen. It just means that we My can still grow and My mom takes things so personally though. Exactly. And I yeah. feel like that just prohibits progress. Hmm. You get every step because do your parents apologize to you? Yeah. 
They do. They know they were wrong or they made a mistake. Yeah, they will. That's like, so interesting. And well, you guys have such good family cohesion, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys support each other. Yeah. I mean, my parents were very adamant about our upbringing, about us. We were always very close and we've always been that way. I guess mm-hmm. I didn't realize how close our my family is and me and my siblings are until I stepped out of the house. A lot of people, when you go to college, mm-hmm. you go and you experience other pe- you around other people. And it's weird to me in the sense that me and my siblings are so close that when I talk to people and they're, oh, well, you know, I have two older brothers or I have a younger sister, but like, you know, we're not very close. In my mind, I'm like, it, for me, it's so foreign. I- so much of it, I believe, is just because my parents have such a different setup in terms of gender norms in the sense that my mom's a major breadwinner. Yeah. So because of that, and because it's my a mom, matriarchy. Yeah, because of my mom and her family dynamic, because my grandfather, you know, who we talked about earlier at dinner, you know, being a you know self-made PhD, mm-hmm. being a Cuban immigrant, he had four daughters, and the only way they were raised to win his approval was by being successful. So like the story my mom always tells, which is hilarious, bodes to exactly how he is, is when she graduated from Purdue with her electrical engineering degree, every time she called home to talk to her parents after she graduated, if my grand my dad would pick up, my grandfather would pick up the phone, he'd be like, hey, do you have a job yet? Nope. Okay, here's your mom, and just hand the phone off to her mother. My grandfather would not speak to my mom after she yeah, had a college that's degree so mean. until she had a job because that that's how he was because okay. he worked so hard to get them to have the ability to earn this. See, I think journey. that's how my siblings are. The fact that I am not really interested in the corporate life and they are is very confusing for them because both of my parents have masters, but they don't. They got their masters both through their careers. Whereas I obviously just went right to my master's and traveled the world a little bit and stuff like that. I'm just more led by impulse because my mind just kind of exceeds stuff. And I feel like I lead with my intuition because I know that ultimately it has served me right in so many ways that I didn't expect before. And I trust it pretty blindly. I don't really know why I'm pulled towards certain things, but I just do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really good at it. Yeah. And in, and I'm so good at some of this stuff that it's just natural. Mm-hmm. And I can't not do it. But they are not pulled by that sense of drive to the same extent. So I think for them... Having something encompass who you are so confidently is foreign. Yeah. Enjoying science for my dad was a way for him to get power because it was like he was a nerd and he was always smaller than everybody until college. Mm-hmm. He hit his growth spurt in college. So, so he's he picked was, on his entire life and loved science. So he was yeah, a nerd and, and he was the oldest power. child of a police officer. So he had all these expectations for him. And then, like we just said, my parents didn't like each other. Like, they both saw the genetic value in each other. And decided to did, did die to procreate. Yes, and... had some great children. But my grandpa gave my mom 250 grand, a house, and four acres of land. I honestly think that my dad sat there. Here's my house. Here's my land. Here's a way for me to be better than other people. From the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> they never... Are your parents still together now? Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck that. So where's no. your where's your dad live? Where's your mom? My uh, your dad still has the land in Southern Maryland. No, no, no. So we grew up on the family farm, which was like seventy five acre tobacco horse farm in Southern Maryland. Then my grandparents died. So both of my mom's parents died. 
And my, when my grandpa died, he didn't just give the farm to someone in particular. He didn't really leave a will to that regard. He said the children can split it equally amongst themselves. Horrible Decision. idea. Yeah, I can't Please imagine. do not ever do that for your state. Right, 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 just specify what everyone gets. Leaving it up to your alcoholic son whose company you funded for years because my uncle has a construction company and is a farmer. Mm -hmm. But my grandpa just hired him to do all this extensive work around the farm. So he was responsible for most of the progress of the farm. Yeah, so he built it up. Yes. But your dad lived in it. So, well, so we all have different houses. 75 acres, how many houses? Four. So if you um, split that up evenly, it's about eight, 16, no, or so nine, you 19, can't, 18. You, you can't, can't do split up law like that. No, no legally you can't split no. up land in that sense. Got it. We would have to split it. It's like zoned certain ways. So we would have to build roads or something if we were going to split insane. up the land. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Which would have been more expensive. So we just sold off my grandparents' house and then my mom, she moved in with my parents decided they were going to divorce when I was in eighth grade. Then they stayed together as roommates because they thought it would help for college admissions. Was it likely my dad's way of convincing my mom to save face by putting some bullshit excuses in? Most likely. I don't know why because I would have probably gotten free school. <laughs> Wait, oh, they stayed together because yeah. they thought it'd be... They thought roommates, it, oh, be and, for yeah, you guys. and like financially, it was so complicated because we had horses and all of that. So and they, like they, they probably, you were lying when you said they stayed together as roommates. Yeah, yeah, no, they lived together for like eight years, just as friends. Where did, where did that live now? In Florida. Gotcha. I don't talk to him. Interestingly enough, he would not let me in the house when I was working on coronavirus there, because you know. Let's assume the epidemiologist of the family is... Not taking proper precautions when yeah. they're working in COVID. Wing. So he wouldn't let me in in May when I was down there. But he's letting my siblings fly down there to come visit him. For New Year's? For, yeah, my brother's proposing to his girlfriend, who I also don't talk to my brother. Yeah. But... Your sister's the only one that you still kind of... Mm-hmm. I mean, I know she was at home recently. I just remember you talking about kind of the strain relationship you have with your sister, but she's the one that you have the most relationship with compared to your brother and your she's dad. She's just the nicest. So my sister leads with love. She doesn't mean to do anything negatively, but she also is so used to being the little sister and like submissive that... She's younger than you? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So she's just, she's used to just going with the flow. So like she doesn't do she does, never is intentionally hurtful. But there are times she where because only, because she, because she's she just only being a baby. goes with the flow and she diverts to the males all the so time. Your brother and her dad. Got yeah. It. So makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, how my mom and her siblings were raised. I mean, you look at my mom's entire family. You got my mom who electrical engineering degree has her MBA, mm-hmm. worked on Wall Street, right? Her second sister or the second in the birth order, Melissa. Has worked in IT, lived in New York for a long time. Then Serena, the third daughter, astronaut, doctor, yes. flight, flight, flight surgeon. And then the baby, Maria, Navy. Yeah, she was part of the Navy, was on board the USS Kitty Hawk, which is the largest aircraft carrier to the Iraq war. Now works at the DOD and has such high level clearance. We don't know so what this she does. Is the so issue. like that's that's all the girls in that family. So I guess for me, being raised around so many powerful women, it's like that's become accustomed to where this yeah. I guess me and my brother probably aren't as threatened by women that are so, you know, driven and smart that people a lot of people think that they're a threat to the patriarchy. It's like no, like that's kinda how well, the women that made our brother's life were always we always viewed. 
And see the difference in like growing up with a military family, but on a farm, the women are expected to do just as much. Like I grew up bailing hay and having to take care of the horses. So and gender norms that came as chores. Gender wrong, norms are very different, but at the same time, my grandpa wouldn't tell me like war stories because I was a feeble-minded woman, and now I study biochemistry and epidemiology with the intent on biochemical warfare. Yeah. So. Did he really help any of us in that situation? No. Did he fuel it? Probably. Yeah, because you're probably a little more interested in which why is, your grandma was Which is more annoying because now being fueled even out of spite to, you know, overcome anything, including, you know, stereotypical daddy issues, mm-hmm. is really frustrating because no matter what, genetically they are the reason that you are the way you are and your accomplishments and that's really fucking annoying because you can't even be like no i've done this on my own because Mm. then they have the genetic thing to fall back on yeah you know how frustrating that is as like a woman in this world to Mm. never escape it well that's like me and joe have talked about before if my mom was a male in her profession she like she would be have made so much more money over her time period and probably being able to go even further in her field but because she was a woman you know with an engineering degree in the 80s and working in business in the 90s and late or early 2000s she's done so much but how much more she could have done she was a male just by being viewed differently is something my brother once discussed. So let's cover your aunt again. Do you want to give S- a Serena? little bit more of a background about her? Yeah, sure. So Serena, so she got her PhD, and I believe she got her PhD from GW. She got MD, I saw she MD. was yeah, an internist at LSU, so she mm-hmm. did her residency at LSU yeah, in she, internal yeah. medicine. Yep. She was on the 56th and 57th ISS yep. expeditions mm-hmm. and so, is a NASA astronaut. Yeah, so she actually has now since less left NASA, so she's back in her civilian role. Because the interesting about NASA is that when you're currently an astronaut, you actually can't, because you're a government employee, you can't profit off of being an astronaut at all. So yeah. if you went to do talks, it's all like your government person talking. You, and that's not why she left NASA, but you know she went up, did her, you know, did her expedition, the interesting thing about her expedition was the way that, as of right now, because of, um, what did Elon Musk shoot up in? Was it direct? What was it called? The SpaceX. Well, I don't think it was SpaceX, but they launched a seventh person in space. But normally how the ISS works is that there's six people up there and they mm-hmm. go in three person crews for three and they rotate every three months. So mm-hmm. when Serena launched up there with Alex and Sergey, a German and Russian astronaut, because you know, we don't shoot any, we don't shoot astronauts into space from America. So she had to get launched up from basically through Russia, both from Kazakhstan, but which is Star City. But she, when she launched up there with Alex and Sergey, they already met three guys that were already up there. Then in three months, those guys left. Mm-hmm. And there was supposed to be a second group that was supposed to join them the back end of their three months. However, when that, well, so that would have been, if she was 56, 57, though, you know, the shuttle that was going up for 57, 58, mm-hmm. as soon as they launched in orbit, the basically before they got in orbit, the rocket sensed something wrong and ejected those three people from their... God, that's so scary. Yeah, so they, so, just, so, so, oh, so, so, so nothing, so nothing went wrong. I can never skydive. Yeah, no, so nothing went wrong with the I rocket. I if I had to, like if I had to parachute yeah. into a country or something like that, I would do it. Okay, so what was insane time. was that those people shot, like nothing was actually wrong with the rocket, but the sensor did what it was supposed to do, the rocket did what it was supposed to do. They had a sensor go off, they ejected it from it. But the consequences of that was that, like even the patches that Serena gave us, because she gave us a 56 and a 57 patch, mm-hmm. The 57 one that had six names on it, 
three, you know, that was like the old packs because those three people that were supposed to join them mm-hmm. got ejected. So they had to call off their mission because it's not like, it's like, you know, oh, I'm going to make this trip oh, and yeah. all of a sudden we're just going to come back to Earth, get another rocket and go up again tomorrow. Like that's every three months in terms of building the rocket, doing the adjustments, having the fuel and everything. It's not like they can just go next week. So See, my dad is so obsessed with, since he's an aerospace engineer and a rocket scientist, you know, he, and that was his way of getting power. He views that as the most elite form of science, mm-hmm. which is being a what, rocket scientist, which is what it's so annoying about how we conflate Elon Musk just having universal yeah. power and how people are just like amazed by everything he does, even though he'll sit there and say he doesn't understand transgender pronouns but name his child something that doesn't make any any alphabetical sense yeah very hypocritical yeah it's a conflation of ego yeah and that's that's, i think is only afforded to white males in our society because we have so many role models for them that when white males are that smart they're Mm. not questioned in the same sense that a woman or a person of color are because Mm. they are not doubted yeah and it was just crazy because it wasn't like Serena became an astronaut and then went up. Like she was an astronaut for three, four, five years before she actually went up. And I remember because we found out as a family a year before her launch date that she was going to go up. And yeah. this is how much training they have to be able to go up. But what, was, what was crazy about the group that went up that ejected and didn't make it up there. So Serena and Alex and Sergey, they had to man the ISS for two, like two and a half months by themselves. So basically the ISS that's usually manned by six people was just those three for two and a half unexpected months. And then they had the crew that would be 58, 59 shoot Mm -hmm. up early so they could turn over the space station to them in two weeks and then they left. But it was, you talked about how crazy it was the rocket going off and like skydiving. It was funny how me, my brother and Natalie and Anna we went down. So my mom went to Russia with her sisters watched the actual launch in person. Mm-hmm. The rest of our family, we got the invitation to go down to Houston and go to NASA and watch it from Mission Control yeah. right behind it and watch it. But it was funny that me and my siblings all talked about how we didn't realize how nervous we would be because even though the Challenger was so many years ago, you're still watching no, a family. Terrifying. You're still watching a family member yeah. shoot themselves off this planet into space all my childhood was being taken to the fucking air and space museum over and over and over again and having my dad buy me every single type of toy rocket and now i can't even get away from it because even though i don't have my biological dad my stepdad flies drones so he's he's just as into it but in like a slightly different scenario i remember going to the air and space museum as a kid, then I remember chaperoning Anna Sophia's school trips twice. Mm-hmm. But what was really funny was when Serena was actually out here, we went to the Air and Space Museum with Serena and her husband that is also kind of involved in the same field. He's not an astronaut, but it's involved in, for example, remember that guy from that had that Red Bull sponsor drop where he basically took a balloon up in yeah. the stratosphere and dropped off? I like actually he was one that really he, like, like the adverse side of sports that are like Red Bull intense sports yeah. because, you know, growing up a gymnast, I always liked the circus mentality a little mm. bit. And that's like the outside and, edge yeah. of sports that like and doesn't always get the most coverage, but still changing your limits a little bit and like mm. changing your perspective and seeing how, as far as your body can push yes. you and do crazy However, things. However, the 
analytical side of me really does want to, you know, have like MRIs and CT scans and stuff like that constantly done on their brains because I yeah. would love to study those. Like the X Games? Like I think seeing those people like... I sh- well, we should sequence their genetic well, 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 codes. There's something have you ever that's watched, like... Did you watch the thing on Disney Plus solo? So I follow him on Instagram. Okay, but hey, did you say you watched the movie? Or? I have. I was really high, so I don't remember most of it. <laughs> so my brother, I remember my brother saying we had to watch and I honestly didn't even think about what it was I thought it actually was a Star Wars spinoff of Han Solo so I didn't know when we turned on a movie and it was rock climbing Free I was, Solo right I, yeah exactly I was thrown for a loop but it was so when they when they studied he his brain is, yeah, exactly he has has, has defects different. in his brain where like his fear sensors don't trigger like a normal person and that's and why it's part of the reason why he can actually you know scale a 4,000 yeah. foot mountain free climbing and not freak the fuck out that you're 3,000 feet in the air and could easily fall and be reduced to nothing. And so a group of my friends from grad school who are, some of them are in med school and one, one of them is this guy who like cooks his own DMT. But he is going to be a doctor someday. Your doctors are normal people, for the record. They're just smart people. They went on a rock climbing trip and the guy bottomed out from like 40 feet up and just blacked out. Came to? Fine. But That's I... Insane. I have been in enough near-death scenarios. That, like, why would you want really self-induced I don't feel like I need to seek them out anymore. I think people who do arguably are testing their limits because they don't prioritize their lives as mm. much, potentially, as a result. That's, 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 a, that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah, I never really thought about it in that perspective. What caused you to seek that rush? But the, one of the funniest yeah. things about that movie was like the girl. I mean, your baselines move, so it's yeah. it's a hard conversation because are you actually at risk? No, some people trust engineering way too much. Like, if you're actually an engineer, do you ever sit there and go, "Oh, I want to ride this roller coaster"? Fuck no. Yeah. Like, usually you're like, "Oh, this is a walking death trap. This is exactly what corners were cut." Being smart sucks because you sit there and look at society and you're just like, you this is exactly how many ways I could die in a fiery heap right now. Yeah, 3,000 ways to die in the West. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> that's true. I like that movie. Uh, Joe's going to be upset with me for referencing it because I haven't seen it yet, but he's shown me clips of it that are hilarious. Oh, why haven't um, you seen it yet? I, just, I, I like Seth, McCar- Seth MacArlin. How yeah, you pronounce it? I don't know. I don't, he's, he's the writer for Family Guy. That's who I never it. know like anyone's names. But the guy that wrote Family Guy, it's Family Guy. He's mm-hmm. the one that made the movie. He's the main character, the one with dark hair. But oh, so obviously you have very strong, older female role models. What is it like to grow up now during this election cycle and know you have a younger sister who's in college, who's mm-hmm. about to enter the workforce as a woman in STEM? Yeah. Who is going to have the same exact barriers that your mother also had back when she first entered the workforce Mm -hmm. and that really no progress has been made in Mm -hmm. the grand scheme of things. We may have a slightly more representation, but all in all, I'd say the discussion has started, but we haven't even gotten to like the appetizer that is. Yeah. Like we've gotten, we're we're so in the beginning stage of the conversation about equal rights as an entirety. And having a football background, does the boys club mentality of that kind of atmosphere frustrate you more now? Do you mean like the atmosphere? Does it frustrate me that my sister has to go through that? Yeah. Do you notice the the fact that it still exists? I guess do you notice it more now that you have sisters who are entering that and also 
you're kind of, you know, getting more... I guess you're in football, so you wouldn't necessarily see it yourself. No, but I've, I've been in football, and I guess... Well, but you get to see me go through it. So you get to mm-hmm. see all the lovely references I make. Exactly. And I guess, I think studying human development through college mm-hmm. made me look through things with a very different magnifying glass and different mm-hmm. viewpoint. Because I would look at things from a very different viewpoint. And that I would kind of see things from an overarching view, like a thousand mm-hmm. pole view, and kind of see like the toxic masculinity in a football locker room and what it is. And just kind of see how that impacts. And for example, I had a teammate or a roommate that would refuse to really tell his teammates that he was dating a girl or not. He's like, what, like, what's, why, why am I going to say something to my teammates if it's all only going to lead to them going on their Instagram, following her, mm-hmm. liking her pictures, Maybe one of them who's a low life slides in her DMs and tries to hit on her. Why would I even want to put myself through that? So he chose not to even really tell anyone if he was really into someone. I was going to tell his teammates about it and he viewed mm-hmm. it differently. Seeing kind of how... What's the age difference between you and your sister? Or so when Sophia? when Anastasia was born, Natalie was nine, I was 14, Joe was 16. Okay. So currently, so Joe was 29. So you've never the same school as Natalie? Other than when I was in sixth grade and yeah. Natalie was fifth grade. Do you grade. think that helps too because you haven't had to have your friend groups overlap with them? Yeah, I guess that would be very different if Natalie was only a couple years younger than me. Yeah. And like my friends wanted to hit on her, my her friends did like not that. Like having a hot sister, exactly. And that's I, I don't, yeah, of course, like of course not because she like not because it's it it's such an easy button for his friends to yeah. press. Is talking but I don't about understand you, why which, they he would even get mad. You know, what's the negative in having a hot sister? It's knowing that you have friends that think because in just the weird purity high culture, purity pure culture. purity culture that we raised in. Yeah, you're allowed to think the thoughts you have about other women, but you but you don't but I'm you don't want you, but you're but you're not but you're not okay but you're not okay but you're not okay with other guys having those thoughts about your sister. And that's yeah. what that's. I think it's all related to the purity culture though, and which is a you know facet of toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. and criminalizing female sexuality in general is that it's seen as not natural or gross or an annoying factor for Mm -hmm. your friends people who you should theoretically respect and admire and and value their character so is this saying maybe your friends, especially in high school and younger ages, are probably not people that you end up respecting? Yeah. Maybe. 100%. Because think about it this way. Who are your friends? It's just like in dating. Like who are your friends in elementary school, middle school? Yeah. People that are in your proximity. They're not, See, they're, they're, still, they're, they're not people that you really have a choice to yeah. choose. They're with like who's, who's in your neighborhood. Three who's in your good friends though that I have always been that close with. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference is that I didn't give a fuck about being popular because I'm not. I'm extroverted when I have to be and because I realize the rest of the world works because of extroverts. You have to be extroverted if you want to function within society. So I see it more as it's practical for me to be extroverted yeah. versus enjoying being extroverted. Yeah, it's a necessity. It's not your yeah. base core personality. But I don't care enough about being popular i care more about being right and like being morally right which is very separate for me from religion Mm -hmm. so i don't feel the same because i you know pretty much just went atheist in high school so yeah no it's just the purity culture that's what it boils down to is that your brother didn't want to feel like there's ever gonna be a time where guys were having the thoughts towards you that he was having towards girls at the time because think about it you're also going through puberty you're going through your own feelings towards the opposite sex for the first time 
when you're you're not justifying your boys. I just like I don't I didn't see anything wrong with it ever because we grew up on a farm. But But it's also I guess maybe I can just always say I'm this way because I'm a horse girl. I'm just that crazy. But this is how I was talking about. I don't think horse girls are actually that crazy. I think horse girls are connected to nature in a way that other people are not, especially people who grew up in cities. The majority of people in our country live in cities. Mm-hmm. However, most of the power, especially electoral power, comes from more rural communities. Mm-hmm. So those are the voices and viewpoints that have predominated our society's entertainment. So we make stuff like Angels in the Outfield mm-hmm. and all of our baseball and yeah. football-centric media. Yeah. Which I would just like to point out I th- I are th- sports that are almost only played by the USA not just that, mm. but there are just also maybe men would just like to consider the fact that you don't actually like your cars that much, you don't actually like your machines, you don't actually like football that much. Does it really matter what this guy who you don't even know, <laughs> who's not a good person, how well they catch that fucking ball? Yeah. No, it really does not matter in the grand scheme of things, but that's the only time you've ever been able to express emotion openly in society, so you love it. That's very true. It just keeps men in this cycle of that's the only time you're allowed to express it. Plus, fantasy football is just a way for you to both manage stuff and feel like you have power over something because you don't have power any other way. So my, 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 it's my, also... My brother be dying laughing because my brother knows how much I like fantasy football. And actually, I hate... In, in mm-hmm. my defense... In, in def- for, it's I, a fun little I, game, okay? But you can't 100%. make fun of women on TikTok for it. I never At said, least women I never said, on TikTok hey. are interacting with people outside of their own friend group. No, but I don't make fun of people like that anyway. I, just, I love fantasy football fantasy because it's a football chance. is also a way for you to continue yep, my football. setting yep. aside time and interacting with your friends. Exactly. There, it's just a mode for you so, to have friendships. Yeah. And to keep you together. You're, it's just exactly. a tradition. Yeah. What's wrong? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. But. And I'm, my, my, my point is I made a lot of. specifically is almost exclusively ethnocentric. What do you Probably mean? Probably mean by- when I was breaking down Game of Thrones, I said that if the USA had to be represented in science, it would be the people who came up with the idea that the sun revolved around us. That so, mm-hmm. so we play a sport and make thousands, millions and millions and billions. millions of dollars. And NFL is a billion dollar industry. Yes. On something that only the USA plays, mm-hmm. and you wonder why we have any confusion on the America first or America's number one. We're not in anything that matters. No. It's just we put all this shit on a big screen yeah, and, and make it seem like, like it's the biggest thing. And we glorify oh, it. Celebrity yep. culture. It's all imaginary. Yeah, and it's like None of you guys care about shit that actually matters and it's really annoying. Can you no, just invest this they're, energy they're, they're, into bettering the world? I'd say, I'd say that it's because, I'd, sports, I'd say LeBron James LeBron James has done a much better job. He does. In compared to like MJ was so focused about winning his own thing, but like LeBron James because he's matured during you, a time. You know, you know when I went to UNC, I didn't even know Michael Jordan went there. Oh my god! I had never visited. I was going there for science. That's, they're not Nike. Not they're not there. a Nike school. They're not Adidas school. They're not Under Armour. They're Jordan because of Jordan. I don't know. It's like they were just like. It's like not knowing Nike originated at Oregon. He he can throw a ball into a net mm-hmm. over and over again. That's great. I'm, what is he actually doing in the world? Oh no, today that that that's my point is that MJ wasn't like that. Not 
LeBron James has made it way more, I want to say culturally LeBron acceptable. LeBron James took Michael Scott's Toys for Tots type thing and he actually made it a school. And that's great. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that he does. But that's as, what as I'm sports saying, he does, does like, in black communities. And mm-hmm. the reason it's, you can't just say, okay, like, why should you embody this? It's because athletes in general are a symbol of the USA's greatness in that you can have the ability to literally just play a sport. Mm-hmm. Because it's a pastime. Yeah. Sports have only been canceled it's, for like major exactly, wars. Exactly. And it's almost the equivalent of, you think about it, major sports, literally, we're just taking the Romans Olympic slash like yeah. gladiator mindset, making it into a sport that, like you said, I think that's honestly why our country has developed sports that really aren't popular well, throughout the rest of the country. capitalism and mm-hmm. said, how can we make this profitable? I think it's great because not everyone's gift is going to be STEM related. Yeah. You know, some so of those gifts are strictly. We should be encouraging healthy lifestyles, and sports is great for fitness. Mm-hmm. Also, baseball is probably a reason that if I was in a war scenario, I would be able to throw a grenade pretty accurately at a target. Yeah. If after playing football for so many years, when my siblings attacked me drunk, I was able to restrain them very effectively and exactly. with minimal injuries to myself because I was able to tackle and like yeah. in football and shoot through your hips. It's Training you to be able to handle scenarios that you maybe physically wouldn't be able to handle otherwise without it in a setting that is not going to trigger a fight or flight mode in the same sense. It's only a competitive mode Hmm. and it's subjective. So outside of that setting, you're not, you know, constantly thinking of it. However, we have warped it so that people are idolizing like athletes as, oh, this is the one way for success. And we don't value intellect at all at this point. And it's frustrating. I just... (laughs) It's a fact that it used to be... I don't expect... Say you what it used to be, you know, 50 years ago, scientists and people that were like big scientists and like four or five, you know, mainstream doctors were like more revered than today's era where it's so much of it is entertainment and sports based and sports is kind of like yeah. a branch of entertainment it's so much entertainment based celebrities and i guess my question do you think that because of that because we've shifted so much of that being revered at such a high level in terms of celebrities and sport figures that you think that that's part of the reason why covid hit, yes. our, hit our country so hard absolutely. because of the fact that like we, there, don't, we don't trust our scientists there is the absolutely no reason the nba should have been involved in that scenario whatsoever which one so, the fact that the NBA was involved in Florida staying open. So Florida and Ron DeSantis refused yeah. to close it. Because so they could the, do the NBA. Yeah, the NBA was that. always going to. So Disney World based their projections off of their Shanghai Park, which is yeah. stupid because even though Disney World's epidemiology team is one of the leading teams, like globally, it's, arguably, it's because crazy. they were able to contain the measles outbreak and measles can live on an inanimate surface for eight days outside the body. Yeah. The fact that a park that's visited by millions and millions of people all the time was able to contain that is astounding. Their cleanliness and just efficiency in general is great. And the fact that they do it so discreetly, even more impressive. However, it is a true flaw of capitalism that in a pandemic, it was 
ever up to corporations to mm. be able to decide whether our economy should be open. Yeah. It's not safe. It was it's facilitating mm. bioterrorism, which I'm not even gonna get into right now, but ever since the Vietnam War and Agent Orange, and then we fucking invaded Kuwait because of scientists developing different viral techniques. And then when the Soviet Union disbanded, we found out they were trying to do things like antibiotic resistance. Mm. Why would we not take Take any viruses seriously. Uh, it's, that it's, is, it's, it's, it's bio, it's, uh, it's facilitating well, so, bioterrorism. So much, yes, there so, will always uh, be a so, new so, disease, but. Look, I think so much of it had to do with the thing about when Obama had to deal with Ebola and stuff like that. So like, Ebola like, is interesting because it's only in, so Ebola is endemic but, to the Congo. It's been there since the 70s. Yeah. The U.S. media portrayed Ebola like this third world country is unable to contain, contain it. No, they were only unable to contain it because of the we civil war going on and travelers going through the area. And even though it's been endemic since the 70s, the only reason white countries even cared about it was because we were getting refugees and travelers yeah. leaving that and, and it was becoming our problem and so we, we have five hospitals that are set up for handling ebola mm -hmm. we didn't care about it before then because it didn't affect our economy yeah. and this is the issue with the usa i don't think anyone should be creating new companies that are unsustainable at this point i don't think freedoms really matter at the same extent with when our planet is clearly going towards unsustainable growth yeah i don't think that's plausible is it a popular topic no because we get things within two days shipping and now we're conditioning ourselves to yeah. be impatient however at this point i don't think you should be able to design new clothing if it's not sustainable and you're not recycling materials and i don't care about mass producing things to the same extent i don't think we should be able to do it we have too much things we're too focused on consumerism and that was also political propaganda we can get away from it this no. is like late stage capitalism everyone fucking hates karl marx and doesn't realize that he was just a fucking sociologist who was predicting how societies work. He wasn't like some evil dictator trying to take over the USA, kind of like President Trump that they still voted for. Currently is. Yeah, no. So much we were talking about in terms of It just of like, fires me up. Yeah. <laughs> I just get so you, annoyed with it. You mentioned one thing about COVID to the stem, maybe. Oh, like, every, I know. Every, it's just who works over and next thing you know, boom, going. hot button. Boom. It is I a hot button. It. No, I don't blame you. I just... But, like, I, well, I was Well, it's like, nice I, because I, think... I just got introduced to Rick and Morty, like, two years mm -hmm. ago. Because I would go out with this group of four guys. And one of them was in my program in grad school. And his fraternity friends would go out. And so now two of the guys were dating two of my best girlfriends now. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know them at first. I just knew the one guy from my program. And my program's very nerdy. So not a lot of people would go out to the college bar setting. Mm -hmm. I get it. I was like a year older. But I am a girl and cute. So nobody could tell. But it was also nice because I didn't have to pay for my drinks. The bartenders were our friends, so they, we just didn't have to pay, which obviously yeah, is a does. hot commodity in college. Oh, like, I'm poor. I was the, poor as fuck. The, 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 the very end of my, granted being a scholarship athlete, I was never that poor, but near the end of my college tenure, when I became friends with like, a bunch of the bartenders, just because... So nice. Because partially because like we're there all year long. So during the summer, like the mm -hmm. early parts of the summer, like May and early June, there's no one on campus. There are times where like... And I'm I don't going, really I'm drink going, much like, anyway, so they were probably losing a shit ton of money on the guys what 
my yeah, three, three like shows. Red Bull vodkas over yeah. the period. So Florida, I really like it because Florida students go out at like 7 p.m. Really? Do you know how nice that is? You can go out for five hours and, and be go home, home by, by midnight, midnight. Which is like the dream. Yeah, I know. And Penn, like Penn State, Penn State, you start getting have, ready at like They have a seven. shit ton of cocaine. So oh that's problematic because everything's like straight out of Miami basically. That makes sense. So, and it's big SEC school. So they have a lot of cocaine. So do people stay out and just rage yes although i will say i just think it was more organized behavior than unc because unc is more hidden almost because they try to keep it more covertly and at uf everyone knows that everyone's drinking, everyone's, drinking, everyone's doing that so mm -hmm. it's it's more extreme but i don't feel like it's as problematic because people are more open about mm -hmm. what they're doing yeah Penn State, like we touched on earlier in the night, but... It does facilitate substance abuse issues. 100%. And... Because it's seen as not being problematic just because other people are doing it, which I think allows people to ignore the fact that they are abusing substances. But I don't think you get to having a healthy mindset towards it without first bridging that gap of, okay, you go from not talking about it at all to talking about it colloquially to then talking about it and knowing that this is something that's not sustainable. You should probably address it. Mm. It's just my... Two cents. Mm -hmm. That was episode one with my friend Matt Zanilato. I just want to thank him again for coming on. He will be back more once I finish editing the rest of the episodes because we had a three hour long conversation. So this 52 minutes that you get is just kind of the first part of it. The next episode he's in is going to be featuring the Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky events at Penn State, which he was a freshman playing football as a D1 wide receiver for, along with his football career in general, CTE, the NFL, etc., so it should get kind of interesting, a little bit more about sports, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Please make sure you remember to just backtrack out of this and give it a five-star review. I am just starting out, so I don't care if you don't think it's five stars. Just do it for me, pretty please. I will ask very nicely for like the first time in my life, since I normally curse and I'm kind of a bitch. <laughs> hope you guys are handling the impending reality that we are currently under a cybersecurity attack and... Coronavirus is rampaging our country, both of which were denoted in the early 2000s under the Clinton administration's bioterrorism task force that network-centric warfare and biological weaponry were going to be the next stage of warfare. On top of having a president who led an insurrection and tried to overthrow our own government and somehow is remaining in his position and not immediately removed, which I would have thought our national security forces should have been able to do, the rest of you are handling it a little better and not as high anxiety as me. All right, <laughs> have a great day.